Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 6,000 of the UK's leading technology and digital businesses. Each month our research team analyses dozens of results and corporate transactions in the UK tech sector. As well as delivering extensive company financial and transaction data, our team leverages some 500 CEO relationships to bring our subscribers deep insight into the companies and technology peer groups we track. The aim of this show every month is to summarise the research and data on the Megabyte platform from the last month with a particular focus on the key themes around corporate activity and valuations. Of course, subscribers can get access to all of the underlying research and data on the Megabyte platform and if you think that the research that we provide at Megabyte may be of help to you and you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. The best thing to do is to go to uh, our website at megabyte.com and hit the request uh, trial button and you can now set up an automatic trial of our news analysis service, the Megabyte Newswire, um, and also request a demo of the wider platform. So if that's of use to you, or you think it might be of use to you, we'd love to hear from you. So here's a quick canter through the key highlights of the Megabyte CEO barometer this month. Uh, it was a bit of a weaker month for share prices after what was really quite a strong start to the year and we saw modest reductions in share prices in both software and ICT services in the UK. Also the tech heavy Nasdaq and the Bessemer Venture Partners uh, Cloud Index were all down modestly during February um, against the broadly fat, flat market. In terms of deal flow, the key thing to remember is that February 2022, the comparable month to last month, uh, was really the peak of deal flow activity in the post-COVID era. And so the comparables look very challenging. Deal flow overall was down 40% uh, down to 81 deals in February. But underneath that, we're seeing a broadly similar pattern of deal flow month to month. So the year-on-year -year comparables are not particularly relevant. Um, looking at capital markets, uh, continues to be the weakest area despite strong, uh, stronger share prices um, overall this year, although as I said slightly weaker in February, we're not seeing any material activity in the capital markets in terms of deal flow, both IPOs and follow-on public offerings. Um, private equity continues to be robust after a slow end to last year, another seven deals in February uh, to, to, to match a similar number in January this year and a bit more of a flavour of management buyouts in, in February compared to secondary buyouts um, in January. As I mentioned, venture and growth capital is the area where we've really seen a massive pullback over the last 12 months, and that was particularly acute in the numbers for February, where we saw a total fundraising of about 300 million, uh, and that was down over 85% on, on February last year, where um, FNZ on its own raised over a billion this time last year. So uh, really kind of um, uh, clear uh, message in the numbers from v venture and growth capital, and deal numbers were also down significantly. M&A continues to be pretty robust overall, uh, but we're seeing some quite, uh, quite a slowdown in software M&A, whereas ICT services M&A is continuing to uh, continue to motor. In terms of the outlook, uh, I think we're continuing to see the trend that I talked about last month. Whilst uh, there is positive signs in the overall economy, I noticed this morning just reading that house price performances in February were better than everyone, is, uh, everyone was expecting. Actually, I think we're continuing to see some weakness in trading in, uh, in areas of the tech sector and services sector as uh, growth rates revert to the mean, having had a, a particularly strong 12 or 18 months immediately post-COVID. So we saw uh, profit warnings last month from GBG, EPAM, Indava, and in the US, Twilio and Ring Central. And I think that's just symptomatic of this sort of return to more trend growth rates in the sector. So that's a quick canter through the highlights. Let's get on with the show. So looking first in a little bit more detail at what's been going on in the capital markets in terms of share prices um, and corporate activity such as it is, 
Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, pretty soggy month for share prices. The megabyte universe of about 150 UK listed tech stocks, that was down 3% during, uh, during February. Uh, which, interestingly though, valuation was up uh, from about 14.1 14 times to about 14.9 times. Um, so an interesting dynamic there with share prices down slightly and uh, an estimate uh, and um, uh, valuations up, which suggests there has been a reduction in overall uh, estimates, which is interesting in itself. Software was down uh, 2%, ICT services down 6%. So as I said earlier, slight outperformance from software in the month, but nothing to write home about particularly. Again, that dynamic within, particularly within software, where we saw an increase in average valuations, this is current year EV EBITDA, from 15.7 times to 17.1 times for software. Um, but it was down slightly in ICT services from 10.9 times to 10.6 times. But we're broadly still seeing valuations in the, uh, in the 10 to 11 times for ICT services. That's been the case for a few months now. Um, and the mid to high teens, really mid teens for, for software. By comparison, tech heavy NASDAQ was down 3% in February and the EV EBITDA, average EV EBITDA for those companies was down 4% to 14.6 times. So still tracking broadly in line with the UK tech sector. Bessemer Venture Partners, uh, the, the, the class, uh, NASDAQ Cloud Index, uh, this is a, a group of, of highly valued, typically highly valued, uh, high growth SaaS, mainly SaaS stocks. That was down fractionally, just 1% during February. Uh, an EV sales multiple there was flat at about seven times. So we had seen quite a recovery in that index uh, from sort of towards the end of last year onwards. And that for now anyway seems to be, seems to have judded, judded to a halt somewhat. I think the overarching theme here, not just for the, um, not just for the tech sector, and by the way, the FTSE 250 for context was flat in, in February as well, so not a great time for markets overall. Having thought we'd largely reached the end of the interest rate uh, increase uh, cycle um, towards the end of last year and early this year, some of the um, musings coming out of the central banks on both sides of the Atlantic suggest that actually interest rates might be higher for longer than they previously, the markets previously thought, which I think is the main reason behind some of the weakness in share prices, not really some of the trading weakness we've seen. In fact, it was interesting that I think it was notable actually that the GBG profit warning that came out during February actually, although there was quite a, quite a significant negative reaction in the share price initially, I think it ended the day only down about 5%. And that's actually really significant because it suggests that there is potentially some, uh, some of the weakness we're seeing in earnings uh, is priced into share prices um, in the UK tech sector anyway. So in terms of in terms of deal flow, as I said, very little to write home about. Tiny little uh, fundraising for a secondary a second follow-on public offering from Glantus, um, and actually um, interesting one from Renalytics. This is actually a dual-listed AIM Nasdaq-listed uh, business. They raised uh, sixteen point nine million. Um, and interesting, just on the topic of um, on the topic of, of, of dual listings, I was really interested to note that Wandisco, uh, one of my favourite companies to talk about, um, has reignited the discussion about uh, a dual listing here and in the US. Interestingly, Wandisco, as regular uh, listeners and readers of our research will know, is a company that we've um, given a bit of a hard to, time to over the years, shall we say, having raised well over £150 million from investors since it floated over a decade ago and done very little with it. I have to say, fair play to them. They do seem to be, uh, they do seem to be now really getting some traction, uh, but we'll just see a little bit more uh, momentum there before we give final judgment on whether they're finally out of, um, out of the bad books. But certainly the share, uh, share price has reacted incredibly well to recent news and the shares have gone up substantially and the company's valued at, I think it's about a billion dollars now. So interesting to see them looking at a US listing, double-edged sword a bit for them, I think. It'll be interesting to see whether they really do go for it um, or whether they're just, um, you know, they're just playing with the idea. In terms of the capital markets outlook, 
you know, I think we're going to see this volatility as markets fret or don't fret about what's happening with interest rates. So I think, you know, nothing really unusual going on at the moment. I continue to believe that we will see some recovery in, uh, certainly in the IPO market and, and, and accompanied by some sort of more sustained share price improvement from, from some of the tech stocks uh, that, we, that we follow and we track at Megabyte. And I don't see any reason why we shouldn't continue to see, I, I don't see any reason why I should change my view that the second half will be better than the first. But to be fair, that's turning out to be a pretty low bar. But overall, I'm reasonably optimistic about this sort of 12, six to 18 month outlook for um, share prices and for the IPO market in the UK tech sector. So that's it on capital markets. Uh, let's have a look at what's been going on in private equity. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it was another solid month for private equity transactions uh, here in the UK tech sector. Uh, there were a total of seven deals um, on our data added to our database during February. That was the same amount as February 2022. So pretty solid performance. One of the few areas of the market which hasn't seen a year-on-year -year reduction in deal flow. Um, interestingly, uh, more, of a, more of a feature this month was, or last month, was management buyouts, whereas in January it would be much more about secondary buyouts. Nothing particularly to read into that. These things tend to ebb and flow. Four management buyouts uh, out of the seven uh, in February, one secondary buyout, one carve-out, one public to private, or ongoing public to private, not closed yet, and I'll come back to talk about that. Really interesting theme, I think, for, um, for the PE world is IT consulting. I had sort of thought that probably, or possibly, there'd be fewer... Uh, there'd be fewer IT consulting private equity transactions. Maybe private equity would be a bit concerned about investing in, in this part of the market, given that they tend to have um, lower levels of recurring revenue compared to, say, IT managed services or certainly SaaS. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So we've had a couple of really interesting deals. Um, FSP, I would highlight, this is a, a business based down the road from us at Megabyte in Reading. Really strong, uh, really high quality IT consulting business that's been in the LDC portfolio for, I think, three years. Uh, that was a uh, secondary buyout led by or done by uh, CVPE at what we think was about 95 million value um, and LDC, as they often do, have re retained a stake in that business. And interestingly, the um, FSP also acquired a business called Savanti in the cyberspace at the same time. And I'll talk about that when I talk about M&A a bit later on. Also in the IT consulting space, 101 Ways is another GCP growth, growth capital partners deal in this space. GCP, bit of a specialist in this area, it seems. They've done quite a lot in this area over the last couple of years. Um, that was a management buyout, we think, at about 60 million, uh, 60 million EV. So still powering on with the deals. And at the smaller end, I would like to give a shout out for Wolf Partners Investment in Akari Solutions. Very small deal, but Stuart Fenton of Quantix, uh, sorry, Quantic fame uh, in the Microsoft space. Uh, many, uh, many listeners will know Stuart, and he is now plowing on with his new venture, Wolf Partners. So uh, very best of luck to them in that venture. Also, one other small uh, management buyout and ICT services uh, of Nanofiber um, in that, as the name suggests, in the fiber space by Advancap. In software, fewer deal numbers, but a couple of really chunky deals to talk about. Um, one is uh, Twinkle in the uh, in the edtech space. The, this we think was about a 500 million deal, actually mooted uh, the previous month with Vitruvian, and that uh, was confirmed during February. And um, you know, Twinkle has been one of the most high-profile um, privately owned businesses in the tech sector, in the software sector, for some time. So it was a matter of time before uh, this deal got done by someone. And interesting to see that it's Vitruvian that was uh, that was on the end of it. Um, so that's a, a sort of chunky uh, management buyout, much bigger than we'd normally expect to see in the MBO world. And the other one at the other end of the spectrum, well, not the other end of the spectrum, but a different type of deal is Cape Technology. This is in the VPN space, I guess, part of the cybersecurity sort of landscape. 
and um, been a really strong a success story on the market, uh, Cape Technologies. Done a lot of M&A, share price performance has, has been relatively, has been very strong until recently, like so many companies. But um, Teddy Saggy, obviously very well-known uh, Israeli billionaire, who is the um, substantial shareholder in Cape Technologies, decided that he's not happy with what the value, uh, the market's valuing Cape at, and has put in, a, his investment vehicles put in a 1.4 billion bid, so far rejected by the, uh, the independent board. Interestingly, it's only about nine times EV EBITDA, so I can kind of see why they would think that there was more in there. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with that deal and whether it goes through over the next few weeks. So I think, you know, private equity feels still very robust, I have to say. I think that, uh, you know, the PE firms we talk to, and we've got 60-odd customers in the private equity world, so we talk to a lot of them, um, don't really seem to be in any mood to put their pencils down, um, even if there is a bit of weakness in trading or some of the companies in our universe are not growing quite as quickly as they were last year. That doesn't seem to be an issue right now. Um, and I think uh, I don't see any particular reason for that change unless my underlying thesis about growth going from double digits on average to kind of mid single digits, which is what I describe as a reversion to the mean. Um, I think that the private equity world can cope with that. If it's a bit more uh, if it's a bit more challenging than that, then maybe we will see some re further reduction in uh, or some reduction in uh, private equity activity. But overall, it continues to be fairly uh, solid and robust and the outlook looks um, pretty solid as well. So that's it on private equity. Let's turn next to what's been going on in venture and growth capital. So if we've seen, um, if, if we've seen private equity as the sort of stable ship uh, with no real change in overall deal volumes year on year. Uh, the very opposite end of the spectrum is uh, venture and growth capital, where we've seen an absolute collapse in deal values and volumes um, over the last 12 months. We recorded 29 uh, deals on the database during February. Uh, that was broadly flat um, on uh, February, uh, on January, on the previous month, sorry, uh, but uh, down very substantially uh, on the previous year. And I think, as I said at the top of the show, particularly uh, notable was the uh, uh, reduction of, of over 85, actually 86% reduction in uh, amount raised to 311 million. So, but again, that was broadly flat on what we saw in January. So again, this theme that we, you know, there is a substantial year on year reduction, but actually the month on month activity within venture and growth capital has been broadly flat for a few months now. So it's not quite as dramatic as the year on year numbers might suggest. Interestingly, we're still not seeing really any of the mega deals. So there was one reasonably chunky deal from Zopa, which I'll talk about uh, in, in February. But overall, we're seeing all of the activity really going on at the lower end of the market. Those who listened to the show last month will, uh, will remember that I, I talked about very little Series A activity. I think it was only one Series A deal in January, which is very unusual. Uh, that returned uh, to uh, some strength in, in February with seven deals, a Series A deal. So more, more around what we'd expect to see. So that, look, that uh, January Series A performance looked like it was something of a one-off. Um, in terms of uh, you know, the overall activity, I think it's important to recognise that Although the, uh, though the overall activity levels are much lower, there's still a lot of really cool stuff going on in, in the venture growth capital world. Um, it's just a much more uh, pre-COVID kind of feel to it. Uh, and the deal volumes and values are much more like they were back in 2019. And in some would say that's not necessarily a bad thing. Looking at some subsectors, obviously software as ever being the, the, the most, um, much more active than ICT services, only one very small ICT services deal uh, during February, everything else going on in software and digital platforms. Uh, fintech, particularly busy, um, always is reasonably busy, but particularly busy month for uh, fintech. And I'd pick out the Zopa deal where they raised 75 million. This is uh, one of the uh, challenger banks. And interestingly, they raised 75 uh, million um, and in growth capital, and that was partly to fund the acquisition of buy now, pay later, player, uh, divide by. So more of that 
um, interest going into the BNPL uh, segment, which is obviously white hot at the moment. Healthcare also very busy, four deals uh, in, in, the, in the month. Uh, I'd pick out the 10 million Series B uh, from uh, Doctor Doctor. This is a booking system in the healthcare sector. That was from YFM, uh, 24 Haymarket, and some others. Uh, also very much in health tech, Doctify. There's a patient feedback platform, an 8.2 million Series C. Uh, so interesting that the health tech continues to be a strong area. And I talked last month about HCM, less activity in terms of deals announced uh, during February, but one interesting deal with, which was a growth capital deal for uh, TribePad with BGF. That was a, uh, that's a talent acquisition and management uh, platform. So still a regular amount of capital going into HCM every month, and it continues to be one of those really strong areas, not just for actually, I had to say, not just for venture and growth, but also in private equity. Um, information management, which is quite a broad church within our within our kind of the megabyte uh, taxonomy, uh, but also um, very active. Uh, four or five deals to, to note in that part of the market. Carbon Place, 37 million growth capital uh, deal, as the name suggests, a carbon trading platform. Um, Zyflow, uh, proofing and collaboration platform, 16 million Series A. Uh, Resilience, uh, which is a climate risk analytics platform, 21 million Series B. So information, data, analytics continues to be very uh, strong. And I'm sure <laughs> when we see what's been going on with ChatGPT and all the kind of massive hype around AI uh, that really is um, you know, cutting through at the moment, uh, I think we're going to see that information management data space getting even hotter as we go through this year. Lastly, but definitely not least, cybersecurity continues to be a, a vibrant area in venture and growth capital. A couple of deals worth mentioning. Uh, Metomic, uh, this is a, cloud, uh, a security platform for cloud applications or security application, security uh, for cloud applications, sorry, 17 million Series A, and CyberSmart, which is sort of SME-focused cyber tools business, 13 million Series B. So it's, you know, just to conclude, just to repeat myself a little bit, but I think it's really important to, to understand that when I talk about the massive reductions in VC and a, and, a, and a reversion to the, and a massive reductions year on year, it really is just a reversion to the mean for VC uh, to a large degree. Yes, there is, it's feeling quite painful compared to what was going on this time last year um, and certainly through 2021, and there is that reset going on. But overall, as I keep saying, good companies can raise good chunks of money still in venture and growth capital, and I don't see that changing as we go through uh, as we go through the year. Although there will be there will continue to be a reset, I think, in terms of how much people think they can raise, and there will be a continuation of uh, of a lot of the venture and growth co companies trying to extend their cash runway by uh, perhaps reducing recruitment, uh, and in some cases, sadly, letting people go. So that is our key themes on venture and growth capital for this month. Let's wrap up, as we always do, with a look at what's been going on in the M&A market and also a couple of words on, uh, on the outlook more broadly for the sector. The dynamics in the M&A market were quite interesting during February. Uh, really surprising to see really quite a sharp slowdown in software activity, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, and uh, by very significant contrast, really quite, quite clear contrast, ICT services M&A activity uh, really continues continues apace. So just to put some numbers around that, we saw 43 deals on the platform in, uh, in February, and they were split roughly equally uh, between uh, ICT services and software. So although obviously there's an equal spread between the two, software had been um, significantly greater proportion through most of last year and certainly last month. And it's actually quite difficult to see uh, what's, there's, I can't put my finger on one particular thing that is uh, resulting in a, in a somewhat of a slowdown in, in the software side of things. It's not, you know, we've obviously seen a huge deal flow from um, some of the UK consolidators, Access, Iris, Clearcourse, those guys. It's not like those guys have stopped acquiring. Some of them have slowed a bit. 
Um, so it's, I, don't, I don't think there's any sort of one thing one would put one's uh, finger on to say why software M&A is slowing down, but it certainly is slowing down to some degree. Um, by contrast, ICT services, we're just seeing a really sort of really strong market in there for, for M&A. And I'll just start by talking through some of those deals to, to give you a flavor. So I mentioned FSP, uh, their, their um, uh, secondary buyout led by uh, CVPE, talked about that a minute ago. They also acquired, as I said, a business called Savanti. This, this is in the cyberspace. We think the acquisition was probably about 20 million and it was simultaneous with that deal. Very interesting to see, uh, to see FSP, which is primarily in the, uh, in the Microsoft space, uh, acquiring Savanti, which is very much a cybersecurity uh, uh, business. A, a natural extension, I think, for FSP, so I can completely understand why uh, they did that deal. Elsewhere in ICT services, interesting to see Trustmark, this is one equity partners backed business that was uh, carved out of Capita, I think last year, maybe the year before. Um, and they acquired LivingBridge, which is the software asset management business from the Carlisle portfolio. I think I touched on this last month actually, but it's been quite a difficult hold for Carlisle uh, Livingston. Did I say LivingBridge? Anyway, Livingston, Livingston Software, Livingston Technologies. It, it, was a, it was a business that was acquired by Carlisle for what we think was about 50 million, was about 50 million in 2018. Struggled to find the right management team, quite a lot of management change over the period and really struggled to gain traction. And we think was sold to Trustmark for about 70 million. So not a total disaster, but certainly not the returns Carlisle would have liked out of that. So interesting also to see Trustmark uh, on the M&A uh, trail following their one equity partners deal. Elsewhere, we saw deals from Nastar, OneCom, Croft, FluidOne, WaveNet, Flowtech. So we're still seeing a regular flow of M&A from the, the usual suspects, and the number of those usual suspects continues to grow. So although it was generally quieter uh, within, um, within the uh, software space, some interesting deals to talk about, or a couple anyway. Um, Redbox, this was an exit from Liv for LivingBridge, long-standing shareholder in Redbox. This is in voice, uh, in, in the voice recording, voice uh, um, automation space. Uh, for a, we, that was acquired, it was an M&A deal, obviously, I'm talking about M&A at the moment, um, by Unifor, a uh, big competitor in that part of the market, for 75 million, what we think was an estimated deal value of 75 million. And also, uh, I think probably a smaller deal, although we don't don't know the value. Quantexa, this is a Albion portfolio company, uh, which I talk about fairly regularly, really interesting business in the, primarily still in fintech, but also looking at other vertical markets around uh, data, particularly in the fintech around uh, know your customer and uh, sort of next generation chapter two business, uh, one of the most interesting in my view. They did their first ever acquisition, a business called Alien, uh, which is a news analytics platform. Not quite sure what the rationale is there, but it's a, it's a cracking business context, so I'm sure they know what they're doing. Um, again, deals also last month from Access in the software space, Relix, uh, TES, Zopa, System C. So there's plenty going on, and, and um, Kazoo selling some stuff as well. So there's plenty going on. It's just not quite at the same level as we've seen recently. So what do I think about the, the M&A market going forward? No real change. I do, think, I do think we'll continue to see relative weakness in software. So maybe this, this more balanced kind of uh, deal flow between ICT and, and software will continue this year, uh, given the dynamics I've talked about. But overall, I, I, I continue to see good um, underlying confidence, not like it was in 2021, but generally pretty solid confidence still in the M&A market. More broadly, really just to reiterate what I said in the highlights, I think, I think that we are going through a phase, as I expected to, of a reversion to mean growth rates. And I think that is proving to be, and will continue to be proved, to be quite painful in some parts of the market. Other parts of the market may not really notice a change of, of growth dynamics. It depends to a degree uh, where you are to, in terms of vertical market and also um, product type uh, or service type. But overall, I think we're going through that process, and I think that process will continue on for a few months yet. 
Um, and I think the deal flow dynamics will, will, will continue to reflect what, we, what I talked about in my January podcast when I talked about um, outlook for uh, the whole year. And I think we're going to see continued confidence in private equity, which will flow through, I think, into continued relative confidence in, uh, in the M&A market because so much M&A is driven by private equity-backed businesses these days. Um, and the venture and growth capital market has stabilised and will be quite quiet this year, but it's stabilised at the current levels. And I think we'll see an improving picture in the capital markets as we go through the year. So that's it for this month. Um, I hope that was useful. Thank you very much again for listening. And I will speak to you again next month. In the meantime, keep safe.